Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on this podcast, I talk to some of the most fascinating people on the planet in all areas of life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality, and of course, business. Look, I believe you deserve success in all the areas of your life, not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experience. This year, we're going to be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. In these experiences, I have hand-selected a group of high-performing business people who are seeking more balance, connection, and they want to celebrate their wins as a reward for the hard work that they put in. If you want someone to curate once-in-a-lifetime experiences and force you to play more, rush over to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if this is a good fit for you. And remember, excuses are over. It's time to live. The word influencer didn't exist. I was the original influencer. And I just feel so lucky that 16 years later, I'm still around and have defied the odds. You don't have to do a complete 180. Everybody can change for the better and make small or medium or big changes that will really improve your life and that of others. Even if you're making a killing for a decade, the next decade, you might not be making as much. So it's really important to save and be smart. And I wish I would have been doing a lot of that when I was younger, but you know, (laughs) hindsight, as they say. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. Today on the show is Perez Hilton. Yes, that's Perez Hilton. We covered a lot of ground in this episode. We talked about what it felt like for him being on Ellen DeGeneres' television show and kind of getting grilled about his behavior and, you know, what it felt like sitting in that seat. We talked about his fears and anxiety about having children. He has three now. We also talked about money. We talked a lot about money and sort of like how his life would be so different and how he would be doing different things if he didn't feel like he needs to work around the clock to pay for all of his expenses. So the interview for me was honestly a refreshingly real conversation about challenges and struggles in life and how to navigate them. He was completely different than I thought he was going to be. And I really, really liked this interview. So Without further ado, please enjoy this refreshingly different conversation with Perez Hilton. Perez, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm happy to be doing something that's normal for me. (laughs) Can you imagine with this whole business going on right now? I mean, it's insanity, isn't it? Are you West Coast or East Coast? I am in Los Angeles and I'm not panicking, but my mom is and her energy is a bit much right now for me to handle. She just got back from the supermarket, even though we have more than enough food in my house for a whole month, but 
She just felt the need to go and get more. And of course, everybody was at the supermarket today. She couldn't even find a parking spot. After like 20 minutes of waiting, she found one. Then she couldn't get a shopping cart. Everything was gone. It's like insanity. You know, I'm from Miami originally, so I've lived through hurricanes. I uh, was living in New York City when September 11th happened. So I lived through that as well. I think our mind and the, the unknown is always worse than the reality of things. You know, I'm even going to the gym, but I'm being safe and doing what we're being told to do. Wash your hands. Um, You know, even at the gym, they're taking extra precautions, which makes me feel good. There's hand wipes, sanitizers in every room and you're wiping down the, the, the weights and the mats and all of that. So uh, I don't know. I, I can't fathom just being stuck in my house for the next four weeks. I know it's insane. I went to, I'm in LA too. And I went to uh, Ralph's the grocery store this morning because I needed soap. I was like literally out of soap. Holy shit. What a mistake. It was an hour and 15 minutes for the self-service checkout. And I got the last bar of dove. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's where my mom went today. Ralph's. It was a mess. <laughs> So I am super excited to have you on the show because I have heard nothing but from nothing but great things about you from my brother. And I am super excited that you were willing to be on the show today. Well, thanks for having me on. I mean, I love podcasting. I've I've got one my of my my own, my 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 own podcast, the Perez Hilton Podcast, which you can hear at Perezpodcast.com. I love it. You know, I think a good starting off point would be to dial the clock back to growing up in the Gloria Estefan, come on, baby, let's do the conga, 80s of Miami. How would you describe what those years represented for you? I actually just today uploaded a video where I referenced that. Funny you should ask. That's funny. I didn't see it. I went to go see this new kids animated show on Disney Junior, and mm-hmm. it was the show based on this Indian young girl uh, named Mira. And I was, I literally said, this is so awesome because representation matters and diversity is important. And I remember growing up in the eighties in Miami and seeing Gloria Stefan be very successful. And she felt like, a family member to me and seeing her thrive really gave me the belief that I could achieve as well. That's interesting. You know, you, you went to a, if I did my research correctly, you went to a Jesuit prep school in Miami and you know, you went during a time when frankly being gay was not so easy. How were you able to navigate through that time period and through those years in your life? I drowned myself while I was living in Miami in an imaginary world, which in many ways laid the foundation for Perez Hilton. You know, looking back on my life then, I wasn't a very active participant in what I was doing. I wasn't engaged with my family. I wasn't engaged with friends. I wasn't creating a lot outside of what was required of me of work, I mean, of school, I would just watch TV. I I was one of those people that was literally glued to the television for about eight hours a day at a minimum every day. 
And it's funny because now I don't watch any television, but I'm glued to my laptop. So, so some things don't change. At least now I'm making money off of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, um, you got a scholarship to uh, NYU where you studied drama and you graduated with honors from Tisch. And then you know, you became fascinated with pop culture and you became who we all lovingly know as Perez Hilton. Looking back on those years at NYU, did your life turn out different than you expected or exactly the way you thought it was going to be? I mean, absolutely different. I never would have imagined 95% of the things that I've done in my career. I mean, I always knew I wanted to be an actor and I've done a lot of acting over the last 16 years, but Acting is not the majority of the things I've done. I've, I mean, I've done everything, not just my website, but like I said, my podcast, two YouTube channels, acting, theater, as well as film and TV. I've done reality television. You know, back in 2004, when I started my blog, there really was no social media. I mean, there wasn't even a, a TMZ. I was around well before then. And the celebrity magazines back in 2004, they weren't using their websites to break celebrity news. They were just using their websites to get subscriptions. I mean, this was before there was a YouTube, before there was an Instagram, before there was an anything. The word influencer didn't exist. I was the original influencer. And I just feel so lucky that 16 years later, I'm still around and have defied the odds. Now that I've been around for so long and seen all of my peers come and go and seen, um, maybe not direct peers, but seen comparable figures come and go, you just see the shelf life of an influencer where they're influencing is not that long, three to five years max. And I'm now 16 years into my career and doing amazing things. I mean, earlier this year, I was on a show on Australian television. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, Australia. Later this year, I'm releasing my first ever autobiography, which I'm very nervous and excited about. It's called TMI, My Life in Scandal. And I definitely attribute, you know, we talked about Miami a few minutes ago. I definitely attribute growing up poor and my parents being immigrants and that Cuban work ethic to a lot of my success, most of my success. You know, it was instilled in me from a very young age the importance of excelling and working hard and showing up and being that loser with perfect attendance, going to school, maybe not now, but, you know, going to school even when sick. So I would do that and, you know, it really paid off. You know, you mentioned earlier that you uh, you started your website. I think you were 26. And, you know, as most of us do, you grew and you changed. And there was a time in your life where you asked Ellen if you could go on her show and talk about, you know, sort of a different direction that you were going in and maybe how people were perceiving you. What did it feel like for you sitting in that chair at that moment in your life? It felt very, very... Um important and uncomfortable because I could sense this wall of negative energy coming my way, which was fine. You know, I, I was not expecting 
softball questions. I was not expecting a love fest. I was not expecting anything. Um, but Ellen definitely made it clear. <laughs> I mean, I guess I was just taken aback by how vocal she was that she did not like what I did or, or in general, um, all of it. Um, and that's fine. She's, she's coming at things from a different point of view, but I was happy to have the opportunity to share what I thought was a teachable moment, not just for me, but for others, which is that, you know, you don't have to do a complete 180. Everybody can change for the better and make small or medium or big changes that, that will really improve your life and that of others. You know, I compare it to like doing work on a car. I didn't buy a new car. I just put new rims on mine. I'm still me. I've still got to do my job. And I just try to actively do my job differently and better than I used to before. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I went back in preparation for this interview. I went back and I watched it, and um, I, I felt the intensity that she had towards you, and I thought you handled it with a lot of humility and um, and a lot of grace. And I, you know, I'm as I'm watching it, I'm like, shit, like what what that must have felt like because you were coming on saying, hey, look, I I, I think I need to do things differently here, but. You know, she was a little, I thought she was a little hard on you. So I was wondering what your take on that was. Well, uh, I, I, I was trying to phrase that like, yeah, that was what I was feeling, but I also feel like I deserved that. And, mm. and I, uh, I am a fan of the truth and honesty, and I would rather have a talk show host or anybody be honest than be fake. Mm. I, 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 I love honesty. I I respect that. And I'm a big boy. I can handle the truth. I can handle honesty. I'm honest about myself. I'm honest towards my family to the point where maybe they don't even like it. I'm honest to my kids. You know, I think everybody should be honest always. Well, you made a uh, a radical transformation in not only that area of your life, but you also made a transformation in your health and your fitness. You went from, you know, 206 pounds and 30% body fat and the 41 inch waist to the super lean and healthy Perez that we see today. What is it that has allowed that to stick for you? The fact that I was able to do it once and then just knowing that I could do it, because I'm human, and there there are points for everybody. You know, I look at somebody like Chris Pratt, who got in ridiculously amazing shape for Guardians of the Galaxy. Then in between films, he's normal and not in ridiculously amazing good shape, because that requires eating clean all the time, working out two hours or more a day, whatever it may be. You know, last year in 2019, my mom got very sick. She had cancer. She had other issues. I talk about it in my book. And I um, was in the middle of a traumatic moment 
in my family's life because my mom lives with me. And when you're in the middle of trauma, you don't always have perspective, even if you think you do. So I started to self-medicate, not with drugs or alcohol. That's never really been my thing. But I started to self-medicate with food, which has always been my thing. And in addition to overeating and eating, I also went on a lot of vacations and started to spend, which is not like me either. But it was more like, I wasn't spending money on jewelry or car or anything like that. It was like vacations, like let's go away. I don't want to be present in my life. Let's escape. Let's not be here. Let's do this. Let's go there. And uh, my mom went with me to a few of them and I went without her to a few of them with my kids to the point where they both became a big problem. And my sister had to sit me down and she's like, yo, you're spending too much more money than you're making. This, if you keep this up, it's going to be a real problem. And I just looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, wow, how did I let myself get back to this place of being so unhealthy? And so I made drastic changes last year, which actually were two of the best decisions that I've made ever. I got rid of my personal trainer, which I had been using for over a decade. And I got rid of getting my meals delivered, this meal delivery program that I was using, which was very expensive. And I'm not a baller. I don't usually spend a lot of money on things, dot, dot, dot. But I had for the last 10 plus years been doing those luxuries because to me, it was making an investment in myself and my health. And after getting rid of my trainer and my meal delivery, I'm in even better shape because I feel like I'm working harder and listening to my body more, doing things differently because I have to, because I, I can't allow myself to get back to the unhealthy ways. So I'm just, you know, you, you don't, you think you wouldn't want to or have to work harder as you get older, but you do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I'm 53 now. So I, I totally understand how, you know, each decade it gets more and more challenging. So it's interesting to me that you, you know, you get rid of the trainer, you get rid of the food delivery service, you have to have the accountability, and then you step in and you deliver on that. So it sounds to me like you just made a decision and you were like, I'm just, I'm not going back there. I'm just going to make this thing work. What, what does your workout look like today? Or may, maybe not your workout, but what does your schedule look like? Are you super clean with eating like four, five, six times a day, you know, going to the gym yourself? Like what, what's that look like? Well, I started to take a, a bunch of different boot camp classes at the gym. I went to, I signed up for a new gym because my old one was this small, private training gym, which, you know, in hindsight, wasn't even that, I mean, it, it is expensive, especially because I was doing it five days a week. Um, but compared to some of the fancy gyms, my trainer was only charging me $60 an hour. And some trainers charge $100 plus an hour. So this was, I was justifying it in my mind by saying it's a lot less than some of the other trainers out there. So now I work out six to seven days a week taking everything from spin classes to the different weights, boot camp classes. And I just do that every day. And I just do it the first thing in the morning. Like I, I wake up at 5.15 in the morning or 5.30, depending on the day. And I take a 6 or 6.15 a.m. class. And you just make it happen. And you just, if, if you yeah. get it done at the, the first thing every day, then it's great. Because then I do it, I come back and it's still early enough. I get to take my kids to school. Speaking of kids, you are a dad now and you have three children. Is yes. that right? 
Very busy. (laughs) Yeah. In what ways are you different now that you have children? Oh man, this may not be the, I like to be honest, this is, might not be the answer that you want, but you know, I feel like we're always who we are our whole life. Sometimes we lose our way and there is, you know, everybody can grow and get better, but I think I've, I've always been me in different ways. Um, and sometimes if, if this goes out of hand, you need to rein yourself in. But the, the one thing that, that was different, like I think I've always been loving. I've always been, you know, I've always treated my mom like a, like a queen and really, really, really well. Um, family has always been very important to me. But the thing that came with kids that I did not have before was anxiety. And unless you have anxiety... Like before I got it, I just didn't know if I believed it was real. I, like I was a skeptic of anxiety, even though in the past I had once been through a period of depression. I just didn't, you know, like you might think it's anxiousness, but anxiousness and anxiety are two different things. Having children just triggered something in my brain. I think it actually, the first thing that happened that really triggered, like it just set it off and I've never been the same my son came four weeks early. He was born premature and I was not ready, not prepared, a freaking mess. Like I could not function when I got that phone call. And, you know, for me, a lot of my anxiety is triggered with finances and and the future and obsessing and worrying about money and making more, spending less, making more, spending less, the parent struggle, you know, telling yourself things like, well, just because I can't afford this doesn't mean I should do this and, you know, live below your means, things like that, which a lot of people don't do. Like if you're blessed to be making a decent living, you just assume you're always going to make that much. But that's not the case, you know, your life and careers ebb and flow and go up and go down. And even if you're making a killing for a decade, the next decade, you might not be making as much. So it's really important to save and be smart. And I wish I would have been doing a lot of that when I was younger, but you know, <laughs> hindsight, as they say. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I noticed that now you are, you know, obviously with all the new platforms, you're doing things, you know, differently, you're maximizing all the platforms. And, you know, to me, you're always sort of on the cutting edge of what's out there. And, um, you know, the thing that everybody's talking about now is TikTok. And I noticed that you went all in on uh, TikTok. What's, what's your thoughts about the platform? And, and maybe do you have any tips for people that uh, can maximize it in the way that you are? Well, I joined TikTok late, but relatively early, meaning the masses, the mainstream started to join TikTok maybe around November or December or even January, February of 2020. But I joined in early August of 2019. And I just knew once I started to like engage and, and use it, that it was going to pop. I knew it. I, I, I knew it wasn't just for 12-year-olds, which was one of the reasons I was reluctant to even join it in the first place. Yeah. But I love it because it's everything that Instagram is not. I mean, Instagram is some of it, but for the most part, Instagram seems so fake. 
and curated and perfect and leaves people feeling depressed. But for the most part, TikTok makes people feel good and laugh and it's silly and it's lighthearted and it's stupid in the best possible way. And it's really not easy, but much easier to go viral on there than any other platform just by how the the app is built. You know, like you log on to the app and the very first thing you look at is not who you're following, it's the for you page. So your initial inclination might just be to like browse that a little bit. So the app is constantly pushing new creators, new, different people that you may not know or follow. Plus, they'll even put people that you do follow on your For You page as a way to really get you looking at that. And it's also what you make of it. Like The more you engage with the app, the more you like videos and comment on it, the more that kind of content you'll see. The same is true with Instagram as well. And it just really inspires me to create. Like I actually have Well, I just have this problem with everything. I'm a workaholic, if you probably couldn't tell. I, right now, this very second, I'm looking at it, have 279 completed videos in my drafts. And the reason for that is, you know, I don't want to be going crazy and posting a video every 30 minutes. That's too much. But since I am feeling so inspired, I do post many in one day. Like... I have this schedule, basically, where I'll post a new video every two hours. And they're short videos, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it may be. Uh, So at least that way, it's like, all right, I get to post a lot, but I'm not posting every 30 minutes or even every hour. It's like every two hours. And I've even been been collaborating, which is so fun and inspiring for me. You know, I'd always see Instagrammers collaborating. But I never did that with anybody. And now that I'm on TikTok and I'm using it and I really feel a part of the community and welcome, I, I feel inspired to collaborate with others. So it's so fun. Well, listen, 279 videos means that you've got a lot of inspiration that's flowing through you for sure. So much, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do a quick two-minute rapid fire question. First thing comes to mind round with you if you're open to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it. What would your friend say is one of your superpowers? I would say generosity, but I don't like saying that because mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I mean, I am, but, but I'm, but most of my friends, I was friends with them when I was not Perez Hilton. So I'm very generous. I'll take my friends with me to go see shows and I get comp tickets or I'll take them with me to, uh, you know, restaurants and I get invited to go eat there or whatever it might be. So I'm a very generous friend, a very, uh, show up friend, loyal punctual. I'm always the the friend that will show up right as the party is supposed to start. <laughs> like I'm the first person there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a great friend. What keeps you up at night? Work. I'm literally working till one in the morning, probably. I only get about four and a half hours of sleep a night, five maybe if I'm lucky. What do people never ask you, but you wish they did? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would say right now what I want to get out there into the universe to try to manifest is I'm so grateful. It's been a wild ride. Like I said, I'm coming out with my autobiography, but I feel like I'm only halfway through my book. 
even though my book is super juicy, so many great stories, many of which I've never shared before, I do believe and I think that the best is still yet to come. And that looks like television for me, which is the thing that I've done a lot of in the past, but I've not done a lot of it regularly or consistently. And that's what I really want and need. I'm objective. I need that. At least I think I do. You know, whether it be a talk show, a reality show, a sitcom, a a game show, whatever. I'm down to do whatever. I just know and I've seen the value and importance of traditional media. You can achieve so much with non-traditional media, with social media, and I have, but traditional media takes everything to the next level. That's why the Kardashians keep doing their show. They make so much more money doing everything else, but they keep the TV show going because that's the gasoline that fuels all their other cars and ships. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, I mean, you are unbelievable. The fact that you've been able to do this for as long as you have and you're still on the cutting edge um, just tells me that... Uh, well, I wanted to say I'm not really. I, I'm, I mean, I'm special, <laughs> but I do believe that everybody's special. What I just have is the crazy, insane work ethic that a lot of people maybe aren't willing to do. Like, a lot of people may not be willing or hungry or, but also for me, it's not even just a hunger. It's a necessity. I like to be honest. I don't have a few money in the bank. I don't have enough money saved in my savings to say, that's it. I can retire right now if I want to and never have to work again. And frankly, you know, that's how most of Americans live, you know? And unfortunately now, not only do I not have a few money in the bank, I have five people depending on me. My three kids, my mother, and my sister, who also works for me. So that's a lot of pressure, responsibility, and the need to produce and earn. So that's why I kill myself doing my website, the TikTok, my two YouTube channels, my podcast, the book, the reality show I did in January. Any opportunity, like I say yes to everything. And I'm loving it all. I'm still grateful for every opportunity. I still say yes happily. And I still feel blessed and love what I do. You really are honest. How much money is fuck you money for you? Where you're like, I can turn the thing off. All right. I'd have to be, I'd have to do the math. Um, Let's see. All right. I'll do, I'll do the math right now. I am, I'm 40 years old now. Let's say I live another 50, right? I, I would say I would need $25 million cash in the bank. That would be fuck you money. Because then for the next 50 years, I would have $500,000 a year. But then you get taxed on that. So you get a lot less than that. So fuck you money would be $25 million a year in the bank. I don't have anything close to that. So just a, a pile of twenty five million, not twenty five million a year, but twenty five million in the cash. Yeah, just twenty five that million. Off, that'll throw off a half a million a year in uh, in interest, and you take taxes out of it, and you know you you'll you'll live off the the three hundred or whatever. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And do you think you can live on three hundred? Yes. So you're not really like super diva, like no. crazy, like no. you just you're actually coming at this from a very 
practical, pragmatic way, well, actually. And, you know, some people might be like, oh, $300,000 a year, that's a lot of money. You know, that's more than you need. And, and it is a lot of money. But unfortunately, I have a lot of expenses. I have three kids in private school. And because yeah. I'm a single parent and my mother is elderly and sick a lot, I have to have nannies. And nannies in Los Angeles cost so much freaking money. I have this like, it's this catch 22. Like, I don't have FU money in the bank, but if I didn't have to have nannies, I probably wouldn't have to work so hard because basically almost all that I'm earning goes to paying my two nannies. I'm not even exaggerating. Like I almost pay as much for my nannies that I do or for my mortgage or more even, I don't even know. It's a lot. So yes, I, but thankfully, you know, as the kids get older, I won't need to have as much support from nannies because I'll be able to they'll be able to do more and help and all this stuff. And, and I'll be, earn, I'm going to, I'm going to have that TV show in the future. So it's going to be great. <laughs> you're I'm telling you what's going to happen. You're going to manifest $25 million in your life and you're going to have exactly what you need. And you're going to live the second half of your life in exactly the way you want to. Oh man, that's the fucking dream. That is you're the gonna dream. Do it. I dream of that because I fantasize like, what would I be doing differently? How would I be living my life if I didn't feel like I had to do this, that, or the other? I would be an, like, I'm a great dad. And I say that with utmost confidence because I know it. I would be an even better father, an even more present father. Like I would, I would take my kids to school and bring them home every day. Now I just do taking them to school. I can't do both every day because then that'd be like three hours of my day, just taking them and bringing them back. I take them to school, the nanny brings them back and then takes them to the after school activity. So I'd be an even better father and just do even more, do different things. Like, like I'd love to just do theater in Los Angeles. It doesn't pay, but just do it for fun. Cause I could like, it just, yeah. So that's my dream. Right, here's, here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to come over to your place. We're going to get a vision board and we're going to put $25 million on it. We're going to hang it in the kitchen and we're going to manifest this thing. We're going to make it happen. All right. <laughs> Perez, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I am so grateful that you took you took the time to do this with me. And um, tell me where people can go to get your book. You can go to PerezHiltonBook.com to order your copy of TMI, My Life and Scandal. And since you're listening to this, you're going to most likely enjoy my podcast because podcast listeners listen to other podcasts. Mine is called the Perez Hilton podcast with Chris Booker. You can hear it on Spotify or Apple podcasts or directly at perezpodcast.com. We talk everything pop culture and it's really fun because my co-host is this straight dude who is so different from me and we disagree about everything and it's not in a manufactured way. Like we genuinely never agree about anything. So it's really fun for me. Uh, and of course, follow me everywhere across every social media platform. I even have a newsletter. If you're overwhelmed with things and don't have time, you can just sign up at PerezNewsletter.com. I'm the queen of branding. <laughs> I like to buy the fancy custom URLs and direct people there because it's easy to remember. So PerezNewsletter.com, PerezPodcast.com, PerezHiltonBook.com, PerezHilton.com. And if I've convinced you enough, maybe you'll even want to buy some merch. I sell merch at BuyPopStuff.com. <laughs> oh my God. Unbelievable. Thank you so much, Perez. 
Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.